Hey everyone, and welcome to Oscar Wilde, a podcast about film, always counting down to next year's Oscars. I'm Sophia Simonello. And I'm Nick Rohrkraut. And today we have a really fun episode planned for you. We are going to look back at one of the Academy's failed announcements, the idea for a Best Popular Film Oscar, or Achievement in Popular Film. Before we get into it, initial thoughts. <laughs> I'm scared, but I'm excited. This took a lot of planning, <laughs> and it's kind of crazy going through some of the years and having to pick a nominee. I was like, mm-hmm. I really don't want to. I think that we put more preparation into this episode than the Academy put into this announcement. Academy President John Bailey announced at one point that the popular Oscar award was a direct response to the Oscars telecasts diminishing TV ratings, which is such nonsense. Yeah, and it's also just so interesting that there were never any actual criteria stated for the potential Oscar category, and then backlash ensued, and we didn't get this award anyway, which was pretty nice. I was definitely one of those people who thought this was a terrible idea. And after looking at our nominees that we picked, it is a terrible idea. (laughs) I can confirm. (laughs) They did put a little caveat. Theoretically, films that were nominated for this achievement in popular film Oscar could also be nominated for Best Picture. So you could potentially be nominated for both. But there was, I think, a lot of confusion and a lot of the backlash relating to Black Panther was that a lot of people thought that this was the Academy's way to write it off and just give it its own Oscar that wasn't Best Picture. And they could feel good about just giving it this Best Popular Film nomination. Which is like, we don't need the Golden Globes at the Oscars. So I think we're so against this because recently popular movies have huge revenues at the box office, but have no critical acclaim for the most part. But you go back in film history to the 40s, the 50s, and surprisingly, the Best Picture Oscar went to a top 10 box office blockbuster almost nine times out of 10, which is so different, so wild. When I was prepping for this episode, I decided to look at this list of high grossing films by their year of release and then cross check that against the list of best picture winners that we have. And when I did that, the most fascinating thing came up. I'm going to read by decade a list of best picture winners that were also the highest grossing film of the year, which seems crazy when we think about today and what those blockbuster films are and how they're received and awarded at the Oscars. So in the 20s and 30s, we had Wings, Broadway Melody, Cavalcade, It Happened One Night, Mutiny on the Bounty, You Can't Take It With You, and Gone with the Wind. In the 40s, we had Mrs. Miniver, Going My Way, The Best Years of Our Lives. In the 50s, we had The Greatest Show on Earth, The Bridge on the River Kwai, and Ben-Hur. In the 60s, we had West Side Story, Lawrence of Arabia, My Fair Lady, and The Sound of Music. In the 70s, we had The French Connection, The Godfather, The Sting, and Rocky. And then something really interesting happens. We get to the 80s, and we get to Steven Spielberg. Once we have Spielberg, if you look at the 80s, a lot of the highest grossing films each year were Spielberg films, and those did not win Best Picture. The only one from the 80s that was the highest grossing film and the Best Picture winner was Rain Man. Then we get to the 90s. We just have Titanic. Then we get to the early 2000s, the aughts. We just have Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. And then we get to the 2010s. 
the decade that we're going to be talking about on this episode today. And the only time that the highest grossing movie was nominated for Best Picture was at the 2010 Oscars. Do you want to guess what it was? Was it Avatar? Toy Story 3. That is the only one. And when we list off our nominees, I think it's going to be interesting because the box office lately has just been dominated by IP, by comic book movies, by animated movies, things that already are in the cultural consciousness. It makes things less exciting in a way because you do have this dissonance between what the popular movies are and what the movies are that are critically acclaimed and celebrated at awards shows. So I wonder what it would have been like to watch the Oscars in the 70s and have all of your favorite movies potentially win. I mean, I know way back when... There were fewer theaters, there were fewer movies being made, and the theaters were owned by the production companies. So I wonder how that plays into being popular and how the marketing strategies for movies from then and now have changed because obviously movies have just so much more revenue, but that's crazy that it just totally went downhill. So now that we've talked about the history of Best Picture and popular films, let's go right into our game. You ready? I'm so ready. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe I'm going to be nominating some of these films for a hypothetical Oscar. We decided to go through each year of the past decade and pick five nominees per year for the Best Popular Film Oscar. How we did this, we established two criteria, and in order to be nominated, both criteria must be met. So to be nominated, a film had to have made enough money to be in the top 20 domestic box office for its release year, and it had to have achieved at least a 70% audience score on our favorite website, Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) So the Academy never released any sort of criteria for the actual award. So we're kind of just shooting in the dark here. (laughs) I think we both agree that this was a pretty good starting point. Our Rotten Tomato score started a lot higher, but then as we kind of went through each film and what we wanted to pick, we were like, oh, let's bump it down to 80. Oh, let's do 75. Uh, Let's make it 70. Right. And we started doing, we're like, maybe we'll do top 10 worldwide box office. And then looked at the movies and thought... Oh, there's no way we can pick five for these. (laughs) Sorry. We have to expand the rules a little bit. And again, since the Academy had no rules established, we just, we went with it and just made up our own. So this is going to be fun. I'm excited. And also because of the point that we shared earlier that theoretically nominees for this best popular film Oscar could have been eligible for best picture. We've included films that if they met the criteria and were somehow nominated for best picture, we have in most cases, I think, included those. So we'll see when they come up. We'll make a note, too. And most of these are worldwide, international, top box office picks, too. I only have seven when mine are only domestic, so that'll be interesting. Okay. Are we ready for 2010? (laughs) Let's do it. Okay. For 2010, my nominees are How to Train Your Dragon, Inception, Shutter Island, Tangled, and Toy Story 3. My nominees are... Despicable Me, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1, How to Train Your Dragon, Inception, and Toy Story 3. So we have a little bit of overlap. We had How to Train Your Dragon, Inception, and Toy Story 3. Right. That's pretty good. 
Yeah. I was not a fan of Shutter Island. Neither am I, but it felt odd to not put the Scorsese on there for me, so I did. So I picked Tangled, you picked Despicable Me, so we each had like one other animated film to choose from. I just really like Tangled of the new ones, but you picked Harry Potter and I picked Shutter Island. And for me, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1 is a very popular movie, but I wanted to spread the wealth i think is why i did shutter island okay i think the shutter island trailer is the trailer i've seen the most before a movie came out (laughs) like that played before every single movie i saw and by the 17th time i had seen it i think i knew the whole movie like i knew what was gonna happen deathly hallows part one is my favorite harry potter movie really like stylistically it is so different and it is i feel like much less of just another action franchise film and there were so many beautiful shots from that movie and and it was number three at the box office so i had to include that i think that it would have gotten nominated i think that if this award did exist back then i think that shutter island would be left out however i think that the two best nominees that we both share are inception and toy story 3 oh totally and both of those were nominated actually for best picture as well So what was your pick for the winner? This was tough because I love Inception and Toy Story 3, but I had to go with Toy Story 3. Okay. I think, so going back to our best of the 2010s decade, some of my feelings come into play again, where it's like, what has stood 10 years time now? And what seems, one, the most popular, but two, also just loved by everybody. And I think that's Toy Story 3. Toy Story 3 was also my pick. Okay. I think that, yeah, I we agree here. I don't know how often it's going to happen, but <laughs> we agree on this one. <laughs> Toy Story 3 for me, so thinking about back to those stats that I had read earlier, Toy Story 3 is kind of the ideal for this category. It made the most money at the box office. It was really loved by audiences everywhere. I remember seeing this. It was right before I went to college and how emotional it was. And I just know that people really love this franchise and we can maybe talk about the fourth one later, but I think that this is just a really great follow-up to Toy Story and Toy Story 2. Definitely the best of the four by far. And fun fact, so Toy Story was top box office internationally in 2010, but domestically it was Avatar, which came out the previous December. So it's interesting that even though a lot of the box office from its first two weekends being released were in December, it still beat out Toy Story domestically for the following year in 2010. That is so interesting, just how much money that movie made. It's wild, and we're still waiting on Avatar 2, I think, next year. Honestly, though, I will say, James Cameron is really good at a sequel. I love Aliens. I mean, he's been working on what, like Avatar 2 through 5 now? So I don't know what's happening, but I'm sure it will be good. I hope so. It'll be the next tenant where we just (laughs) keep waiting and waiting and waiting. (laughs) All right, let's move on to 2011. Okay, so my nominees are Bridesmaids, Fast Five, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I really didn't have a fifth here. I just threw something in there. So... The word is. You nominated a Marvel movie. I really didn't know when it was going to happen or which one it was going to be. More to come, sadly. (laughs) Okay. My nominees for 2011 are Bridesmaids, Fast Five, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two, 
Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and Super 8. Okay. How do you feel about these films as a group of nominees? This was my hardest year by far. I think part of it is due to the fact that eight out of the top eight of the box office are either franchise reboots or sequels. You want to be pickier about a sequel or about a reboot because in the world of sequels, there are the Godfather Part 2s, right? And the Godfather Part 3s. Oh, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I think it has to stand alone as its own film, regardless of what franchise it's a part of. This was the hardest for me, too. And this year was when I looked at our criteria we'd established and said, nope, we need to expand this. We need to include domestic. We need to, you know, make the Rotten Tomatoes rating a little more forgiving. And then I could come up with five. For me here, my winner is Bridesmaids. So I have to give it to Bridesmaids just because it has original humor. Maya Rudolph and Rose Byrne and Melissa McCarthy, who got a Best Supporting Actress nomination for this, who we love. This was one of the easier picks. Picking the nominees was far more difficult than choosing the winner. What did you pick? So in choosing my winner, this is kind of where I start struggling with what would the Academy choose and what do I want? Because I think the Academy would have chosen Harry Potter Part 2. Not only was it the highest grossing for the year, but it was the end of this franchise and it was well done. I really liked the ending. But I think if it were me, I would have chosen Bridesmaids, which I think still is popular. But in terms of box office, it was only on the domestic side at number 12. So my choice would have been Harry Potter, but I think I'm totally happy with giving it to Bridesmaids here. I think that the Harry Potter thing is really interesting because the Harry Potter franchise didn't win an Oscar until costume design for Fantastic Beasts. Oh my god. So none of the Harry Potters won any Oscar. But this could be a place where, if you think back, you know, if we had this award, maybe this would have been the one. Okay, so it sounds like Bridesmaids it is for us, since we're making the rules and voting. (laughs) (laughs) This is our show. We we are hosting. (laughs) Okay, on to 2012. My nominees are The Avengers. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) The Dark Knight Rises. The Hunger Games, Lincoln, and Skyfall. Ooh, here we go with Lincoln again. My nominees are, there are two A's, and I'm picking one of them. I'll mention the other one, but the Avengers. You're picking the Avengers. As my, like, choice. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Just (laughs) making sure I heard that right. I do not remember the film. I'm sure I saw it because it was the first one, but the Avengers, The Dark Knight Rises, The Hunger Games... Skyfall, and Ted. Oh my god. Okay. I know that you don't like Lincoln at all, but you can say that you liked Ted better than Lincoln. Or just that you felt it fit. Yeah, I think I can. (laughs) It was still rough, but I would have to go back and watch Lincoln. I just really don't want to, but eventually I will. Okay, so let's talk about our overlap that we have. So we have four. We had Avengers, Dark Knight Rises, Hunger Games, and Skyfall. So my my other A was The Amazing Spider-Man, but I don't think people liked it as much as the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Yeah. Of the, and we can talk about the other Spider-Mans later, the Spider-Mans that are part of the MCU, but for me, the Sony Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans, those will always be the best. The Andrew Garfield's Spider-Mans, I'm not as big of a fan of, 
And it's funny, I feel like we're talking about comic book movies more than we ever have on this episode, but they are popular, so it makes sense. But my pick here was not a comic book movie. It was a popular franchise film. Oh, wow. My pick was Skyfall. I'm kind of surprised. My pick is The Dark Knight Rises. Okay. So I can see The Dark Knight Rises winning if this was actually established because part of the reason why the Academy did end up going to 10 nominees, some people presume it was after The Dark Knight didn't get nominated for Best Picture. So this could be that righting of the wrongs. You could nominate The Dark Knight Rises instead to make up for that. However, I find The Dark Knight Rises to be one of Christopher Nolan's more incoherent films, which I think a lot of them struggle with that. This one I really like, but I can totally see the older members of the Academy seeing a James Bond film and being just check the box. Similar to how Bond films always get original song nominations, I could see them just slotting those right in here. I think The Dark Knight was one more critically acclaimed and two more liked. So I get that. I don't remember all of the James Bond films. I know I saw them all. If we're just talking about Daniel Craig, Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, Skyfall, Spectre. And then No Time to Die, which we don't have yet. And then he's done, right? So they say. I would give it to Skyfall. I think that's fine. And it was the one that Adele won Best Original Song for. Skyfall is our winner. I feel like I'm just strong arming you. But do you care enough, actually? (laughs) My heart isn't all the way in this. So my nominees for 2013 are The Conjuring, Frozen, Gravity, Man of Steel, question mark, (laughs) and World War Z. You put the Brad Pitt one on and I did not. Okay. Fascinating turn of events. My nominees are The Conjuring, Frozen, Gravity, Monsters University, and Star Trek Into Darkness. Your last two I thought about for a very long time. I I struggled with, I think, wanting to put those on, especially over these choices. Mostly Man of Steel. I was thinking about Monsters U. But I think World War Z was popular at the time, too. I believe so. I... I don't think I've seen World War Z. It definitely lost traction, but it has a 72 audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, which is on the lower end. But I think for being an adaptation of a book it and having a different ending, I feel like is what I heard from people who read that. It did well. So it just, I don't know, like when it came out, I never saw it. And then I never added it to my list, but I will now. I'll watch it. So we agreed on three. We both had The Conjuring, Frozen, and Gravity. And you had Gravity. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I did. I think there's a clear winner here. I think so too. And it's Gravity. That's your clear winner? Wow. Okay, I'll take it. Yeah. Was that your clear winner? <laughs> Mine was Frozen. Really? Yeah. No. Okay, so I just... <laughs> <laughs> it was like the Anna Elsa revolution that happened. It did. <laughs> but I think if we're thinking of achievement in popular film, Quaron achieved more with gravity. Is that what we're debating? I don't know. I mean, we, we're making it up as we go. I think gravity, oh, it's really hard. I when, I when I think popular, I think, okay, what is Joe Schmo liking at the movie theater? And to me, that's frozen over gravity just because of its wider appeal. Obviously, I want gravity to win. I think it's a better movie. Mm-hmm. I think Quaron puts way more in it, it's way more fun, and it's riveting. But I agree with you. 
though, that you've convinced me that Frozen is more popular than Gravity. So if we are just looking at it that way. Well, now you've convinced me to give it to Gravity. <laughs> so <laughs> if we're going popular, I think it would be Frozen, sadly. That hurts me to say because I do want to give it to Gravity. I'm okay. with you. <sighs> okay. I guess I win. <laughs> <laughs> That's so crazy that the one that I don't get my way on, I thought that would be for sure you would say gravity. I but I mean, right. I also would have given it to The Conjuring for being one of the best horror films ever. So, But actually, let's talk about The Conjuring very quickly. The Conjuring is interesting because it is technically a franchise film, right? It is IP. We have all of these other films that are in the Conjuring universe, but that was the first one. And when I saw The Conjuring, I very much thought of it as a standalone horror. It was a fun Mm -hmm. throwback to a lot of those 70s horror movies. I really enjoyed it, and it made a ton of money. So I see that case too. But I wished The Conjuring was its own thing, and once I heard two was coming out, and then I don't even know how many there are now. It was a little disappointing because it was such a good movie, and it should have been its thing so are we going with frozen yeah it's frozen moving on so for 2014 my nominees are big hero 6 gone girl guardians of the galaxy interstellar and the lego movie my nominees are big hero 6 dawn of planet of the apes guardians of the galaxy (gasps) interstellar and the lego movie Oh my god. (laughs) Why was Gone Girl left off your list for Dawn of the Planet of the Apes? So again, going after what was widely popular versus reaching for the bottom of the domestic box office. I guess I just didn't realize you were such a fan of the Planet of the Apes franchise. (laughs) You need to watch the most recent one because it is really good i saw it and i oh. forget about it i oh, totally I was, forgot about i it. loved it i'm surprised how much i loved it the tides are turning this is <laughs> this crazy is not going well a little bit so gone girl was 17 on the domestic box office also fun fact frozen made it in as on number 20 for the following year so my winner here is very clear but i think the ones we overlapped on we have big hero 6 guardians Interstellar and Lego? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. Just the one. Just you decided <laughs> to leave Fincher off the list. Because I don't think of it as a popular movie either. Gone Girl the book was very popular. It and was. It was a very popular adaptation. It made a lot of money for a Fincher film. And if I'm thinking of it again, I keep going back to this, it's the greatest achievement in film, based on our criteria, I keep going back to that idea. You have potentially the greatest casting choice of the 21st century in Ben Affleck as Nick Dunn. Rosamund Pike gets nominated for Best Actress. I love Gone Girl, so I will sing its praises, but it was not my winner, actually. I had a, okay. a, another clear winner what for me. What was the audience score for Gone Girl? The audience score for Gone Girl was 87%. Okay. I mean, that's pretty high. Which is very high. But it's still also the lowest, the second lowest for my top five. Yeah, because you have a Marvel movie. You have a space movie with Matthew McConaughey. You have Legos, which are a very popular toy. And you have Disney a Disney movie. movie. But Interstellar. So for what he achieved, 
Yeah, I'm not saying you're wrong. No, I know, I know. I do agree, because Gone Girl was a moment. Everyone wanted to see it and talk about it, and what Fincher did was what needed to be done. So Mm -hmm. I like your choice. Who, now I'm scared to say my winner. Who was your winner? My winner is the Lego movie. Okay, good. That's mine too. Okay. And one of my favorite all-time popular movies, for sure. Yeah. And it's so, I think it's so much fun. Same audience score actually as Gone Girl, but made more money. I think if we're thinking about films that have these licensed characters that are from other franchises even, right? In the Lego movie. It's just an interesting spin on things. The story's fun. I think it's really well made, too. So that was my pick. The theme song. Yeah. When I was looking through and watching some of these that I had forgotten about, that was one that jumped out to me as an easy pick. It's also Rotten Tomatoes' number four critical movie for the year with a 96%, which is great. And I think when I first watched it, I was so surprised by liking it and being into it so much. Because it could have been this animated claymation movie that wasn't really new. But I think it did. And there's a twist at the end. And I think everything just came together beautifully. It was a fun use of bringing back this pastime toy. Great. So Lego movie. We agree. I really didn't think we were going to at first because... I couldn't, I wasn't sure where you were going and I just couldn't get over the shock of you leaving Gone Girl off the list for Planet of Apes. I'm surprised you gave it to that too, but I'm glad you did because I think we're on somewhat of a similar page in terms of criteria and mm-hmm. things. So 2015 nominees, Cinderella, Inside Out, Jurassic World, The Martian, and Star Wars 7, The Force Awakens. Okay. My nominees are Cinderella, Inside Out, The Martian, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, and Star Wars The Force Awakens. A lot of overlap again. I really want us to get all five the same. Me too. It's like, we'll just yell Yahtzee. I really hope we do at some point. (laughs) (laughs) So I haven't seen Cinderella. I started it today and I just was not into it. That was an alt for me. It's probably my favorite of the live action Disney adaptations actually. Oh, wow. That's why I put it on here. I think with this wave of they're deciding to remake every Disney movie and make it live action. This was one that I found enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Kate Blanchett as Lady Tremaine is just as exciting as you'd want it to be. The costumes are really beautiful and lush and have very vibrant colors. So I put it on there just because it's Disney in a different way. The Martian Did you like The Martian? I do like The Martian. The Martian made me cry, unsurprisingly. So Cinderella was my alt, and I initially had Spectre on here, but its audience score was too low. It was at a 61. Did you initially have Spectre at all or no? I did initially have Spectre because it was, was, I saw it on the box office list and said, oh, James Bond, Spectre. And then I looked Mm -hmm. at Rotten Tomatoes and saw that score and realized I couldn't put it on the list and had to pivot and that's when I made the Mission Impossible choice. Okay so my winner is Inside Out. That's my winner too. Okay. I was between that and The Force Awakens. What is that noise for? No? None of the new Star Wars deserve anything. I'm sorry. Yes it is basically a remake of A New Hope but when it came out that was 
the first time again where I'd had that feeling of seeing everyone so excited to go to a new movie it was for that and again going back to what you said about what does Joe Schmo like at the movies um Star Wars (laughs) and I thought this was just really fun and enjoyable oh I think they let us down this was just like a big flop for me I would honestly give it to Jurassic World over episode seven. Nick, (laughs) what? (laughs) I mean, I didn't even like World either, but it was the universe I wanted to be in. Would you rather spend your time with Chris Pratt or Adam Driver? Yeah, but he's the bad guy, so you don't want to be with him anyway. Speak for yourself. I just, I thought it was so fun. It it had all of those cheesy elements that you love from Star Wars. It kept my attention. I loved the addition of Rey and Poe and Finn and all these other characters, but also having Harrison Ford back as Han Solo mm-hmm. and Chewie and all of them. It was great. I thought it was just fun. When you think of a popular movie, it's just something that you go see around the holidays that you have a lot of fun with. And Jurassic World, I know, made a lot of money. But when I think back to this year, I think about Star Wars. I don't think about Jurassic World. I mean, that's fine. Internationally, Star Wars made over $300 million more million than Jurassic World. So, yes, I think it was more popular, but I still don't think it deserves the award. Well, we agree on that. It should be inside out. I was just really <laughs> thrown off by you saying that Jurassic, Jurassic World. World was better. All right. For 2016, my nominees are Captain America Civil War, Deadpool, Moana, The Revenant, and Zootopia. Oh, you are so close. (laughs) I know which one you picked, too. Well, we only had three, but we got the first three out of three. And I was like, oh, boy, (laughs) this is it. It's going to (laughs) happen. Okay, my nominees are Captain America Civil War. Deadpool, Moana, see, I shit on Star Wars, but Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, and Sing. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, Sing is great. I'm sorry. Sing the is really cute. Is no, Sing is really cute. It deserves more attention. And Rogue One was the only good spinoff that Star Wars has done so far. I agree. I liked Rogue One. I want to point out that neither of us picked Finding Dory hated finding dory that wasn't even an option i'm sorry (laughs) so did i i was so torn because i so i listed it it was in my six and i only listed it because it did so well at the box office it was number one you chose the revenant is that was was that your alt but i chose the revenant instead (laughs) also the fact that the revenant was the 13th international box office wild actually wild what is your winner here my winner is Deadpool. Interesting. Okay. Who's yours? My winner was Moana. Okay. I have a, I have a soft spot for Moana, and mm-hmm. I think it's the music is wonderful. And when you're thinking about children, I think children love Frozen, but Moana was very, very popular as well. But I was between Deadpool and Moana because Deadpool is the type of Marvel film that I like a lot. I like when they're funnier and different Deadpool feels almost like the origin of Ryan Reynolds as that type of mm-hmm. actor and character yep. and I had a lot of fun with it and it was another thing too where I remember when I went to see Deadpool when it came out the theater was packed and parents were bringing their kids and I just thought this is not going to be good 
for them. Like, I know you want to see this, but maybe leave them home for this one. But I can be convinced for Deadpool. I think both of these are unique in a way. Deadpool, because it was the start of Ryan Reynolds and bringing in this, like, different type of humor into action movies, where I think we see this again in Guardians of the Galaxy, for sure. But it kind of flipped action on its side and made it original, which is important to me. And then Moana, you had the first princess who wasn't pursuing a guy. And that was the first time in Disney history that this had happened, which I think is important. But then the soundtrack is my favorite Disney soundtrack, I think, of all time. It's so fun. Across the board, everything hits. And I still listen to the soundtrack occasionally. So do you want to pick Moana? So Moana was 12th. And Deadpool is ninth internationally. And then domestically, Moana is 13th and Deadpool is sixth. So Deadpool is a clear winner there. Moana's in the top 15 for Rotten Tomatoes Critics' Choice. And they're very close in the audience score. Moana's an 89 and Deadpool's a 90. So I don't know. It's kind of split again. I think popular goes to Deadpool. Okay. I'm convinced. Deadpool, it was my other pick. I was between two. Okay. We have to give a Marvel movie one somewhere. I'm very okay giving it to them here. Okay, next up. So my nominees for 2017 are Coco, Dunkirk, Get Out, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. I will defend that, by the way, and Wonder Woman. <laughs> okay. All right. My nominees are Coco, Dunkirk, Get Out. Logan, and Wonder Woman. Mm, you're so close. So close again, but you had to throw Jumanji, the wild card, in there. <laughs> okay, I haven't seen Logan, heard good things, but Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, was a great reboot. Maybe the best out there. Okay. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> I am not a huge Jack Black fan, but he was so funny in this. And I think how they brought this back in a gaming console making it more modern, and then switching bodies was very unique. Yeah, I mean, putting Kevin Hart, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and Jack Black in the same room, like, count me out. But they did it well in this movie. It is so good. So I really shouldn't be knocking it because I have not seen it. Oh, my God. Ugh. You really need to it watch. It just was one that it didn't interest me. The original Jumanji really scared me as a kid. Same. So I was not running <laughs> to the theater for this one, especially since 2017 was one of the best movie years we've had. It really was. And I I see so many, but that one was one where I just didn't make it there to see it. Logan, I really enjoyed. And Logan also was the first comic book movie to be nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay at the Oscars. So another fun statistic there. But my winner here is Get Out. That's my winner as well. Yeah. I think when we're thinking about achievement in popular film, this is one that is an original story, which the fact that it achieved the box office success, the critical acclaim, the audience score that it did is that much more impressive because we don't have the attachment that we do to these franchise films. Mm hmm. It opened in February, and for it to have had the longevity that it did and to be able to pick up a Best Picture nomination, a Best Director nomination for Jordan Peele, and to be a story that when we think about 2017, I think that we're going to forget about The Shape of Water in a few years. We already have, and 
we're going to remember Get Out as one of those films of the year. So I think this is a perfect place to award it. I totally agree. It's honestly a film of the decade. And this year we had Lady Bird. Phantom Thread. I mean, Dunkirk was the Best Picture nominee too. Yeah. Quickly going back to Jumanji. Fun fact. (laughs) (laughs) Came out in 2017 at number five internationally and 18 domestically and came back in 2018 and became number seven domestically. So that reach was strong. I will check out this movie. (laughs) I will watch it for you. I promise you will laugh. You'll have a good time. You've seen School of Rock, right? I love School of Rock. I do too. Yeah, I was going to say that's my Jack Black go-to. Totally. Okay, this could be another year where we might get it. We only have two chances left. (laughs) My nominees are Black Panther, Crazy Rich Asians, Mission Impossible Fallout, A Quiet Place, and A Star is Born. We're so close. (laughs) Uh, What are your nominees? Did you do it? Yeah, I, I like want to dig my grave right now. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna dig my grave on 2019, <laughs> so it's okay. <laughs> Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> I did it. Crazy Rich Asians, <laughs> Mission Impossible Fallout, and A Star Is Born. Okay, that's a good list. It is a good list. I was just being so stubborn and didn't want to nominate Bohemian Rhapsody, but it totally would have been nominated if the best popular film Oscar happened. This would have been the inaugural year for it. And Bohemian Rhapsody definitely would have been nominated. It made a ton of money, panned by critics, by audiences really love it. And it's about one of the most popular bands of all time, Queen. Just should have been made differently. I mean. And not by Brian Singer. Exactly. Multiple ways of drama, too. So I just had A Quiet Place instead of... And I liked A Quiet Place, and I think it did hold up. It was really popular. I mean, we're getting A Quiet Place Part 2 soon, but I think all of these are strong. I could really see any of these winning. Mission Impossible Fallout was, I think, the strongest MI pick. Mm -hmm. This was actually good, yeah. A Star is Born... I mean, months before it came out, you had so much hype about Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. I love A Star is Born so much. I think the the second half of the film falls apart. But again, just the anticipation for seeing that film, you know, it was Bradley Cooper's first feature that he directed. Lady Gaga was going to be in it. It just... I was so excited for it, and so was everyone else in my theater when I showed up on opening night and had bought my tickets a week before to go right when it opened. Also, we have to point out that the trailer was a huge moment when Lady Gaga, I will spare everyone, I will not try to hit the note, but when she's singing Shallow, and Shallow also was widely popular, but that's also not my pick. Not my pick either. Bohemian is obviously not my pick. And I really still don't understand how people loved it so much everywhere. But beside the point, for me, it's between two. Crazy Rich Asians and Black Panther. I think both were successful, popular, and inclusive. Definitely. Well said. If I had to pick which film I wanted to watch again, I would 
pick Crazy Rich Asians. I loved it. It was so much fun. Agreed. The performances were great. It's a really good film adaptation of a book that I really enjoyed. But I would go with Black Panther here. It did so well at the box office. It was loved by audiences. And it got a Best Picture nomination. It's funny that they created this award because they didn't think Black Panther would win Best Picture. And if they had created it, it definitely would have won the popular Oscar for that year. I think so, too. It's fitting. But yeah, I would totally choose Black Panther. I'm curious if this award would have come to fruition and Black Panther did get nominated, though, if it would have missed out on a Best Picture nomination. And I think that's rightfully so what people were worried about because, and we have no way of knowing, but I could definitely see that happening. I agree with you. Yeah. But in our case where we're just awarding these, Black Panther it is. Okay. It's our last one. I don't feel well about this either. I know. I feel horrible and I cheated. I haven't picked a winner. I didn't want to nominate any of them. (laughs) Maybe this is our Yahtzee. No, because I cheated. I picked one that didn't follow the rules. I'll explain it. Oh. Okay. Okay. 2019. My nominees are Avengers Endgame, Joker, Knives Out, which is my cheater pick because it was 21st on the domestic box office. So it just missed it by one. (laughs) Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Spider-Man Far From Home. If you were going by the rules, what was your alt for Knives Out, though? If I was actually following the rules, I would have picked Toy Story 4. Okay. I think that's fine. I hated The Lion King. Same. It's on my list, though. (laughs) (laughs) We, We still won't have it. I just wanted to know. Four out of four, but my nominees are Avengers Endgame, Frozen 2, it's bad, Joker, The Lion King, Spider-Man Far From Home. Okay, I think my first question is, why no Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Because now I'm mad, and this could have been an easy pick, but since you don't have it, we have to pick a bad one. Again, I think it's more critical than popular. I don't think everybody was talking about it the way they were, sadly, about Joker or Frozen 2 or The Lion King. I don't think it had that mass appeal, even though it was well-liked. I think there were too many, it was too long quotes about it. It was in my rotation of top three movies of last year, so I couldn't not pick it. I know it was. And it did really well for, again, an original story. And I wanted to make room for that here Mm -hmm. because that is a greater achievement to me than Avengers Endgame, which that movie could have been terrible and it still would have been popular. Just like on our box office list, we have neither of us nominated it, thank God, but The Rise of Skywalker, which was terrible, number six domestically and number seven worldwide, but it didn't have a high enough audience score. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> 11 out of the 15 this year were either sequels or reboots. And that to me left me with like having to choose four out of five of my choices. So yeah, this year was tough. I did start Spider-Man Far From Home earlier and I do like it so far. It really pains me to say this. Number one, I shouldn't have cheated. I just wanted to mention Knives Out. You know, it didn't follow our rules that we established. I really am upset about my winner i'm scared i still don't have one this is if there was only one year we could have gone off the rails i mean the the rotten tomatoes critics list alone for the top 15 parasite knives out us the irishman even book smart the farewell marriage story once upon a time in hollywood there are so many good movies that was little women a beautiful day in the neighborhood 
it was so hard not to include any of these movies on this list. It really was. And I wrote down Us right away as a pick, but it didn't have a high enough audience score. Are you serious? What was it? Yeah, Us had a 59% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, so I couldn't pick it. That's crazy. It was so good. I rewatched Us, and it was maybe better the second time. Who's your winner for this year? Well, my winner was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but please send me straight to hell. My winner is Joker. Oh, no. Oh, no. I can explain myself, but who is your winner? I would even choose Bohemian Rhapsody over Joker. Oh, oh my God. If I have to pick, it has to be Avengers Endgame. Whoa. That is, besides Parasite, largely the most talked about movie last year. It has to be, right? And, And Joker. Yeah, but there was a lot of hate for Joker, too. You're right. Maybe Joker is too polarizing for this. I think that's what it is. There was definitely less hate for Endgame. So, okay. Thinking about how polarizing Joker is, the reason that I picked it, first of all, was just because people were obsessed with that movie and wanting to defend it on all corners of the internet. I've said this before. I do not like the film, but it was like a craze. And it was also really celebrated by a bunch of guilds. Did I see all of the merits to that? No, but... It was embraced for its editing, cinematography, acting, all of these things. So I think it would be an easy one for the Academy to slot into a spot like this, which is why I picked it. I'm not a fan of it. I'm not turning into one, but I'm just saying that was why I was more open to picking this than Endgame, which very much follows a similar formula to all of the Marvel films. There isn't anything different in there. I don't want to give it to either of them. I I don't know. Well, let's give it to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. (laughs) just feels wrong we can give it to endgame i would feel better giving it to endgame than giving it to joker i don't remember a single thing from endgame i really don't but i do like how far from home brought the Mm -hmm. blip back and they're calling it the blip and they're Mm -hmm. talking about kind of what happened with that two-part six-hour film what are we giving it to we just need to rip the band-aid off avengers endgame okay it's done it's done (laughs) Band-Aid ripped off. If you're a fan of Joker, please go watch Taxi Driver. It is on Netflix. If you want a Joker movie, watch The Dark Knight. That too. Okay, so to recap our winners. So our first five winners were Toy Story 3, Bridesmaids, Skyfall, Frozen, and The Lego Movie. And then for 2015 through 2019, our winners are Inside Out, Deadpool, Get Out, Black Panther, and Avengers Endgame. What a list. I, overall, I'm pretty happy with that. Me too. And at, looking at these movies on the list, I enjoyed some more than others, but I can honestly say that I enjoyed parts of all of these films when I went to go see them. And I do remember my theatrical experiences, which I think is important for a popular film. I actually didn't like Bridesmaids the first time I saw it. It took me two rewatches to love it. And ever since, I love it more and more each time I see it. That's so interesting that you didn't like it right away. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked it the first time, right from the beginning with John Hamm. See, that's what I didn't like. The intro scene with John Hamm and Kristen Wiig having sex was, I hated it so much. Oh, I thought it was awful and so much secondhand embarrassment. And it was hilarious. (laughs) So now we're going to share our rankings for our top five. So my number five is Toy Story 3. My number five is Black Panther. My number four is Bridesmaids. My number four is Toy Story 3. My number three is Get Out. 
My number three is Bridesmaids. My number two is Black Panther. My number two is Inside Out. My number one is the Lego movie. My number one is Get Out. We're very close again. Let's leave it at that because then we both get our own winners (laughs) and we get two instead of one. I like that. I like that too. Okay. Well, that was fun. I can't believe. I mean, we talked about so many movies we really love and others that we didn't like at all and we are still standing. (laughs) Hopefully the last time we talk about them. (laughs) And for our next episode, we'll be going back in time in Oscar history again. The other day, I actually texted Nick and my sister and said, did the 1975 Oscars have the best, best picture nominees? So we are going to be testing out my hypothesis here and we're going to be talking about all five best picture nominees from that year we have one flew over the cuckoo's nest barry linden dog day afternoon jaws and nashville two of my top 10 of all time wow yeah those are all very strong i haven't seen nashville heard good things but this will be fun to rewatch and then see if we pick maybe our own winner and not one flew over the cuckoo's nest, which won the Oscar. Oh my gosh, you know, Sophie's choice for me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening. We hope you enjoyed our episode on the fake best popular Oscar category and all of our nominees and winners. Thanks again, everyone. Wear a mask and we'll see you next week.